Before we uh, hear the Bible read and preach to us, let me lead you in a, a prayer for our, that will be good listeners and we'll really learn what God wants us to learn today. So Heavenly Father, we do thank you for giving us the Bible. We thank you for your great love for us. We pray, Lord, that you'll soften our hearts as we hear. We pray that um, you will train our understanding so that we might really know and be able to rely on the love that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Romans 8, 35-39 Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, hi friends. Uh, I'm not quite at the summit of the bluff. It's a bit windy up there. It's a bit windy here too. So here's hoping. I'm not sure how this will go, but uh, we are at the summit though of this wonderful passage, Romans 8, that we've been looking at this term. I hope you've been really um, built up, encouraged, equipped, blessed by it. Uh, I know I have, um, uh, but we're, uh, we're, we're at the, uh, the summit, the peak, and we're taking in the glorious view uh, from this passage. Last week, we looked at the amazing victory that is ours as a free gift given to us in Jesus. Uh, not a victory that we win in our own strength, but a victory that Christ has won in his death and resurrection and that he shares with all those who trust him. Well, today uh, we're going to move, uh, see how Paul rounds off this chapter of the letter. Uh, these last verses, uh, Paul does something quite interesting. He shifts uh, and he starts to talk about himself. Uh, you get that in uh, the, the verse 38 there. He starts to talk about himself. He gives his own personal testimony of how all the things he's been talking about up till now, the, the impact that they've had on his own life, uh, the difference that they've made to him personally. Um, and it's a really powerful testimony. Uh, having climbed this far, uh, this is what all of this means to Paul. And the trans the, it, he tells of the transforming effect that it's had on his life. Um, uh, so what does he say? Let's dive in. Verse 38 there. He says, For, well, he's, he's sort of summing it all up at this point, and he's saying, we, We're more than victories, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And here's the reason why. Here's, here's what it looks like to be more than a conqueror. He says, For I am convinced. Uh, Paul, Paul gives this testimony of something that he is convinced about. Notice he, what he doesn't, he doesn't say, for I just I, I feel that this is true. He also doesn't say I just really really want this to be true, or um, I, I hope against hope that this is true. You know how you sometimes hear about uh, hear people talk about um, a faith as a blind faith, um, a sort of really really hoping something's true, even though you really know deep down it's not. Uh, believing something against the evidence. 
that's not at all what Paul's talking about here. How that's not the kind of faith that uh, Paul has. It's not the Bible's picture of faith at all. No, he's not hoping against hope. He's not just feeling his way. He says he is convinced. He's gone through a process in which he has become persuaded. Um, he's come to know. He's come to know a person. This is the Bible's um, understanding of what faith is. It's personal trust. Trust in a person whom you have come to know. And Paul has come to know the person of Jesus. Uh, and what he has done. And what he said. And what he promises. And he, he himself has, in the light of that relationship, he himself has come to a deep, settled, permanent conviction. He says, I am convinced about this. So what is it that uh, Paul's convinced of? He's convicted of this settled conviction he has in the light of everything so far. What's this conviction? Uh, we'll look down at the end of the, uh, of the passage here. It says he's convinced that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing will be able to. It doesn't say nothing will try to. He says nothing will have the power to separate us. Nothing will be able to. He started the chapter with no condemnation and he finishes it here with no separation. Nothing will be able to separate us. Uh, who's the us? Uh, well, it's, it's clear from at the start of the chapter, no condemnation for, was for those who are in Christ Jesus. And it's the same here. Those who have put their faith in Jesus, who've um, entrusted themselves to him and have been brought out of the realm of the flesh and into the realm of the spirit. Uh, those who have God's Spirit within them, testifying that they are His children, those uh, for whom the Spirit intercedes, um, those whom God has chosen, those for whom Jesus died and rose again, ascended into heaven, and is now interceding for. Those are the ones for whom nothing can separate from the love of God. And the flip side to that, uh, that uh, the flip side that we need to acknowledge to that is that if that's those for whom nothing can separate from the love of God. There are those who are outside of Christ, those who have not put their trust in Him, um, those who are still in the realm of the flesh, to use the language of the earlier in the chapter. Uh, and the sobering news of the Gospel of Romans uh, is that for those who are outside of Christ, um, there is still condemnation and there is still separation from this love of God. The wonderful invitation, friends, is that uh, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone who comes to Jesus can put their trust in him um, and enter into this life, into this assurance of love. Uh, and that's the invitation for you. You can do it today. But that, that's what's going on here. Paul's convinced that nothing will be able to separate those who are, who've trusted Jesus, God's people. Nothing will be able to separate them uh, from the love of God, from the love of God. Um, this has been through the chapter so far. Uh, if you remember back in chapter, verse 31, uh, Paul said uh, his summary of, of the chapter was that God is for us. Here's another way of talking about that, the love of God. Or, or what is this love? Sometimes we can think about love in, as, as a kind of vague and undefined thing, uh, basically a, a feeling of niceness towards someone. Or um, There's more going on to the love of God than that. Um, sometimes we can think of God as just a, a, a kind of 
uh, a grandfatherly figure up in the sky who's there to give us warm hugs. Uh, that's, not the, that's not the God of the Bible, who is a holy God, who is the God who created all things and who will judge all things and who sent his son as an atonement for sin. Um, that's the, this is the love of the God of the Bible, of the, the one true God. Not the undefined, vague love, but do you notice as Paul keeps going on, it's a very specific love. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That is where the love of God has been poured out, has been perfected, has been made known fully in the person of Jesus and what he did on the cross and in his resurrection and what he offers now through by his spirit and what he guarantees and promises for the future. Uh, that is where the love of God is made known and poured out. And so that's another reason why if, if you aren't in Jesus, if you haven't come to him, this love is not yours because this love is in Jesus. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And what Paul does now is uh, he kind of, um, he, he's, he shared this deep conviction. And in between these two um, start and end of this little passage, in, be in between that, he, he has this rolling list of basically every possible thing that he can think of uh, that might make you think that God doesn't love you, uh, that might get in the way of receiving and accepting this news that God, uh, that, that God loves you. Um, uh, and everything is included here. He <laughs> includes everything. Let's read through it back in verse 38. What's he convinced uh, that? Uh, he says, I am convinced that neither death nor life. Um, Jesus has abolished death. He's the risen Lord. He defeated it and he promises his victory to all who trust in him. So you, you don't need to fear death and, and your death, your death uh, will not separate you from God's love. It will not if you are in Christ Jesus. Um, so you don't need to fear it. But neither will anything in this life. Neither will life. Um, Jesus, we, we read earlier in the chapter, and Jesus now sits at God's right hand, interceding for those who are His. We have this, His Spirit to help us in this groaning world. Nothing life throws at you can separate you from His love. Nothing. Uh, not only that, that's sort of physical things we experience, this life and our, even our death, but what about um, the, the spiritual world? Uh, what about spiritual beings? Surely there's something there that can uh, separate us from God's love. And Paul says, no, neither angels nor demons, and later on, nor any powers. Um, no spiritual forces. Jesus has dealt with them. In another letter to the Colossians, Paul describes the cross as Jesus' moment of triumph over these spiritual forces. Uh, Jesus has won a the decisive victory over Satan, and nothing can change that. So neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons nor any powers. Uh, he, he looks at this from a few different angles, though. Uh, he's, sort of, he's trying to find every single angle. He says then that neither the present nor the future. What about through time? Uh, he says, no, neither the present, nothing happening right now. Nothing happening now. And there's a lot happening now, right? There's a lot happening now that 
uh, on a global scale and even maybe in your life that will make you think question whether God loves you and and Paul says no nothing in the present can separate you from his love and not only that nothing in the future um, it might be it's sort of tempting to think that Paul's a little bit naive here you know this is a poetic flourish of his um, but uh, then you think oh well come on Paul I mean you had no idea of the the just the ongoing human misery over the centuries for the last 2,000 years since you wrote this letter um, surely you couldn't you don't mean that you, you, uh, this is an exaggeration uh, you know you know nothing of the you, you you weren't meaning the future of my life the things that have happened to me um, but but Paul Paul is completely he's got his eyes wide open at this point this isn't just a poetic flourish um, he knows this groaning world He's written about it. He knows the reality of this deeply broken, groaning world. Uh, he knows the reality of the um, wickedness of the human heart apart from the grace of God. He knows that. Um, he has his eyes wide open. Uh, and, and in the light of all of that, he says, no event, nothing happening now, Nothing happening in any future can separate God's people from his love that is poured out in Christ. Well, he's, he's talked about anything in time. He's, then he goes anything in space, neither height nor depth. And just to cap it off, make sure he hasn't missed anything out. Anything else in all creation. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is Paul's settled conviction. This love, this particular love that's shown to the world in Jesus and that's poured out on those who come to him in faith, those whom God has chosen. Um, this wonderful settled conviction is, is, is Paul's assurance. The whole, the whole series, uh, in a way, has been moving towards this point. Our series is about the assurance, the, the, the certainty, the solid rock we can have if we come to Jesus. And Paul is convinced. And so what this passage does is it, it opens up the question for us. Um, what is my conviction? Am, am I convinced? Is this my settled conviction of my heart? that nothing can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Am I are you convinced? Uh, if you're anything like me, maybe you have moments where you think, I, I can't share Paul's, um, like Paul's a super Christian, right? <laughs> uh, I can't share his, um, yeah, in his conviction here. I'm just, if you knew, if you only knew my weakness, my sin, my doubts, um, if, if, we th if we find ourselves thinking like that, when I find myself thinking like that, it shows, it shows me that in those moments I'm, I haven't actually understood what's going on in this chapter at all. I haven't understood it because my eyes are still fixed within myself. They're still looking at me. And the whole point here is to turn our eyes away from ourselves and to our great King, 
and Saviour who has done it all to our Lord Jesus. Um, author J.I. Packer, uh, when he's talking about uh, when Paul talks about the love of God, and uh, he says this, which I, th- I found really helpful. Um, he says, Paul assumes that all his readers, like himself, so there's not this special class who are really um, who know the love of God. He says, Paul assumes all his readers, like himself, will be living in the enjoyment of a strong and abiding sense of God's love for them. So friends, this is the kind of outworking of this series, that God might so work in our hearts in the light of everything we've heard in this chapter, to bed down deep in it, this strong, convinced, abiding sense and knowledge of His love for you, for me, for us who are in Christ. We've got to turn our eyes away from ourselves. Uh, can arise. It's not about me taking hold of God. That Paul's conviction is not about him holding strongly on to God. That's not why he's so convinced. He, he's convinced because he has heard the gospel. He's heard that and received it and entrusted his life to it. And his conviction is not about the strength of his grip on God. His conviction is because he knows God has taken hold of him. It's not about him holding on to God. God has taken hold of him. And when God holds on to you, he will hold you fast. So friends, don't look to yourself. Uh, Don't look to anyone else. There's been a lot of that in this chapter. Uh, Don't look to anyone else. Don't look to any other thing. Not the future. Not what's going on in the present. No height, no depth, no powers, not even death itself, nothing in your life. Don't look to those things. Look to Jesus and know, be convinced, because conviction is there. Be convinced that nothing can, will be able to separate you. Nothing will be able to separate us. Nothing will be able to separate me from the love of God that is poured out in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that's that's Paul's conviction. It's not it's not a conviction that is arrogant. Sometimes we think being convicted about this sort of thing having strong convictions is an arrogant thing. It's not at all the case. It's not presumptuous. It's quite the opposite. Uh, it's the the reasonable and humble thankful receiving of this news of this reality that God has brought us into by His Spirit, that God has declared to us in His Gospel. Receiving God's sure word. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read these words out, and what I'm going to invite you to do is to just read them along with me. Maybe I, I encourage you to do it out loud if you're, if you're game, uh, but in your head's fine too. But may, take this opportunity, friends, uh, to consider everything, all the ground we've covered this term, and to make this statement of Paul's, this testimony of Paul's. Make it your testimony. Make it your conviction. Let's read these last couple of verses together. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, 
neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me pray for us. Our God, our love is so often cold. Our hold of you is so often weak. But we rejoice in this, this wonderful declaration of yours to us in this word. That you will hold us fast and that your love is strong love. Stronger than anything. And nothing will ever separate us from it. Lord, help us to receive this truth and let it transform us. I pray that it might make us give us a deep and abiding assurance. Um, help us to live confidently, boldly, joyfully, uh, forgetting what's behind and straining forward to what's ahead in the sure knowledge of this great love that you have for us. Please do that among us. Please bring many more people into this love. Um, keep, keep our eyes off ourselves and keep them fixed on you, our Father, we pray. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, that's the end of this series in Romans 8. Um, next week, for the next two weeks, we're going to have Jeff Lynn um, preaching for us from two Psalms, Psalm 13 and 14. Uh, and then after that, we're kicking off a new series. And I'm so excited about this series. Uh, it's, an ex it's a series through the New Testament letter uh, to the Ephesians, uh, the book of Ephesians. Um, Ephesians is all about uh, what it is that God has done and particularly focusing in on the, what is the church, the nature of this gathering of people that God has joined together in Christ. Uh, so that's going to be really helpful to be there for that. Uh, and it's a helpful thing for us to remind ourselves of and think through as church looks very different for us right now uh, and will be into the future. So that's a really important part of the Bible for us to meditate on. So that'll be coming up next term. Uh, but until then, God bless. We'll see you.